0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of The Red's Unrestricted Podcast. Today's date is Thursday the 27th of January 2022. and My name's Dan Club and I'm going to be your host for this extra special episode.
1: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
0: So yeah, you uh, you join us um, in the middle of an international break and as we often like to do Uh, At these times of great need when it comes to football, we are taking a bit of a sideways look at Liverpool matters. Um, And this week, we're going to pick our underrated Liverpool 11s. Um, Just for some sort of clarity on the criteria we're looking at. um, They can be underrated players in terms of our own fan base, um, the media, sort of the outside world, anyone who we just loved and they never got the credit that they deserved, in our opinion. Um, So yeah, you're going to disagree with some, you're going to agree with others, um, you're going to throw your headphones away at some, but yeah, we're just going to go through it and see how we get on. Um, I'm joined as ever um, by Chloe Bloxham and Dave Comerford, so I'll check in with both before we crack on. Guys, um, I'll come to you first, Chloe, how are we? Are you looking forward to this one?
1: Um, I'm a bit bored because... Apart from seeing Ox Milner and Andy Robbo in Dubai playing <laughs> some golf, there's absolutely nothing on my timeline. Um, So, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to speaking about Liverpool Football Club because there's nothing else going on.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I recommend you check out Curtis Jones in LA, I think. And Nico Williams doing something with like a bald eagle or an owl in a Dubai desert. They're, they're my go-to at the minute and dave same question to you you are good and looking forward to this episode
2: yeah not too bad um it's interesting how every footy player seems to be going to dubai um during this international break yeah. it's like the uh, the go to premier league destination i suppose but yeah i was just looking through my uh, my team then wondering if there's anyone who will in your words force people to throw their headphones away and that maybe <laughs> maybe one or two but i think most of them um will hopefully There'll be some agreements on, but there are definitely some controversial ones of mine, I think.
1: Yeah, I need free- to jump in. I think the reason that they're all late is because there is actually a, a there's a Dubai golf tournament on with like Rory Mark, and Roy and all Lemon, So maybe that's why we're oh, we all go. big golf yeah, fans.
0: There you go. Footballers and the golf fate. Eh? I must admit it's not for me, but that's a discussion for a different day. Um yeah, I'm, just to touch on day points, I'm absolutely certain there'll be some controversial picks along the way and there'll be some no-brainers. We actually haven't discussed our 11s. Um, we only know formations. I've gone for 4-4-2. David thinks a 3-5-2 and Chloe is yet to be revealed, but all will be revealed over the course of the next 45 minutes or so. So, without further ado, I'm going to come to you first, Chloe. A, to get your formation and B... This was actually the hardest position for me to pick. I'll get that out there right away. Your goalkeeper, please.
1: My formation is 4-5-1. Okay. Don't ask me about that. (laughs) Uh, But it was the only way I could fit in the people that I wanted to fit in. As my goalkeeper, um, I was stuck on this one because... um, I wanted to go with Kelleher, but I actually think he's very rated. I don't think he's underrated. That's the problem. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, And I think just because he's not playing as much, because you've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world in that same position, um, you kind of want to pick him, but he is actually really rated. So I instead went for Danny Ward, who, um, when he did play, looked really, really good for us. Uh, Obviously ended up at Leicester, I think it was, but... um, He looked a very decent goalkeeper when he was in between the sticks. So, I decided to go for him. Um, Yeah, I I didn't go all the way back for this one. I I decided to keep it more recent.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think we had, um, when we were planning the episode, we did have sort of a brief discussion about some of the possibilities and his name did come up. I think when he was called upon while he was at the club, I think he did pretty well. I seem to think, I seem to remember he was in goal for that 4-3 defeat against Bournemouth. Um, so that might not have been his greatest hour. Um, But yeah, it's it's definitely a fair enough pick. Dave, um, I get your thoughts on Danny Ward um, and your pick as well, please, mate.
2: I'm not sure about if he was in goal for that Bournemouth game, you know. He might not have been. I'm going to have to check
0: that now because I vaguely
2: remember uh, maybe for one of the goals towards the end I think Karius might have been beaten at his near post or something.
0: That'd make more sense, in fairness. What? <laughs> I've
2: got it. I hope he's probably not your unrelated
0: goalie, by the way. No,
2: no, no. Um, it was Karius and goal, yeah. Um,
0: okay, fair news.
2: My yeah, bad. Karius and goal. Minny lay on the bench that day, so I want to have that slander. And the reason I want is because <laughs> I've gone for, I've gone for Ward as well. Um, just to say, actually, before we get into it, obviously Chloe just said, um, maybe a more recent pick. I think a lot of mine, um, are probably. Sort of clap here. I think there's only a couple that are not so I suppose we are just kind of going off the areas where we've maybe paid the closest attention, yeah. um, and you know, been most invested. Really, certainly in my case. But yeah, I went for I went for Ward, same reasons as Chloe. Um, although when I looked it up, I found this hard to believe. Apparently, he only played three games for us, which is an incredibly low threshold. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing is, I don't know if you remember the the summer where we bought Allison. Um and it sort of went from Klopp's gonna give Carius another chance, mm-hmm. and then it was like, okay, Cardius is messing up in preseason games, his confidence is clearly completely shot. Yeah. Um, what are we gonna do? And because Roma were kind of playing hardball on the Allison nego- negotiations, it sort of came out that I think the the journalists were briefed that Ward was gonna be mm-hmm. the number one, he was gonna get a chance at it. And that speaks to how kind of highly he was probably rated. I'd say. Um, and there's a there's a possibility, a strong possibility that, that was the kind of a media tactic saying to Roma like we don't necessarily need them. Um, although there is maybe a bit of a step down between those two. Uh, but yeah, I think there were genuine shouts to give to give Ward a chance based on the glimpses that we'd seen. And I thought it was slightly bizarre that he went to Leicester, mm. really, because you know, if he'd stayed at Liverpool, I think he probably would have been number two behind allison sort of the role Keller has now and what he's done is he's gone to leicester maybe thinking he could challenge michael but you know michael's obviously such a huge figure at that football club he hasn't done it he hasn't he's barely played for them so really he's just traded kind of a traded number two roles and he's gone to a smaller club probably earning less money um so i thought that was quite strange um if i was him i would have been looking Lower reaches of the Premier League, I think he might have been able to start and certainly in the championship. He came up, I think, with uh, or he was in the playoff final maybe. Huddersfield. H- no, he Huddersfield, came up with Huddersfield, yeah. Field, yeah. Yeah, came up with came up with Huddersfield. So that would have been an option too. So yeah, I've gone I've gone for Ward and goal.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a fair enough pick. Um I completely agree with you in terms of what he's done career wise. I think it was a strange move for him because in fairness, you might have looked at Alisson and Alisson's sort of pedigree and, you know, the credentials of him and thought, I've got no chance of usurping him. I've probably got a better chance of, of getting past Kasper Schmeichel. But like you say, he could have made perhaps another half a step down and been the number one somewhere else. But listen, he's making a good career. He is. I think I'm right in saying when the international base come about, he is sort of Wales is number one these days. So he's got that you know, despite not playing much first-team football for his club. So, fair play. I think it's a fair shout. And like I say, I really did struggle with the goalkeepers. Um, mainly because, like, obviously, Dave had a very nice way of saying um, that the people them to have picked, Dave and Chloe have picked, were sort of more recent. And mine might be a bit older because I am older. Um, but, yeah, we, we struggle with goalkeepers. And I've struggled with goalkeepers because they tend to have either been you know, point-blank Awful or Alison Becker, Um, but I opted for, it was a toss-up between Sander Vesterveld and Brad Friedel in the end, Um, and I went with Brad Friedel because Vesterveld just had too many terrible mistakes in the end. Um, Brad Friedel only played 31 times for Liverpool and actually did okay in that period. I think there was one major error against Manchester United, which isn't the best time to produce that error. but as a as a goalkeeper, more generally, I thought Brad Friedel was unbelievable in a time whereby American goalkeepers were all the rage. So, yeah, for the older people listening, then that would be my pick. But like I say, goalkeeper was a difficult one, really was. Guy, um, I'll come to you, Dave, again, to get you right back. But also, if you want to laugh at me for naming Brad Friedel, that's fine.
2: No, <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly can't comment on, on Friedel's ability for Liverpool, but, uh, you know... You are right about goalkeeper being a difficult position. I think you've got obviously Alisson. Um, massive then drop off of, in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rayners kind of probably the middle ground because he's like a good goalkeeper, I'd say, without necessarily being well yeah, classed. We, we class yeah, we probably loved him
0: too much. Yeah, we probably loved him too much into coming to the underrated bracket because even when he returned to Aston Villa, you know, we absolutely adored him. So it's difficult yeah. to name him as underrated, really, but.
2: He's got, he's got, you know, the longevity as well. To be fair to him in, in, in his career, um, seems yeah. to be stick, sort of sticking around that sort of Europa League level clubs. But uh, yeah, what I'll do is, um, obviously with the, the formation, it's kind of difficult maybe to match up throughout. Of course, so, yeah. Um. I think I might go with a centre-back first, if that's all right. Yes, of course. Kind of yeah, you you, you
0: haven't got a right-back, so it's natural, yeah.
2: Yeah, I've got kind of a, a wing-back right midfielder. Yeah. I'll, I'll come, got about
0: Tom to over here. Sorry, go
2: on. <laughs> I'll, come, I'll come on to that tactical innovation um, <laughs> in a bit. But, yeah, my first centre-back is Colo Um And the reason I've got him in as an underrated player is because I think he was a meme. <laughs> um yeah. There was obviously the uh incident where he ran into the referee which is one of the funniest things that ever happened in a liverpool game uh, and I, I think as well there was wasn't there an own goal that like he scored where he's basically sort of sort, sort of fell over sort of bent it into the corner with the outside of his force so i think i remember mm-hmm. um and i think when you think of Colo, you i think the first thing you pictured is that sort of there is no need to be upset meme with his face on it um <laughs> But I think that does him a bit of a disservice in a way, whilst it is quite funny because his performances in that last season he was with us, 15, 16, as far as I remember, were actually really good. And I thought, I remember looking at him thinking, he's really solid. And it was kind of exactly what you would have wanted from a player of his role in the squad. And, you know, let's say, for example, Thiago Silva. Now, he's not as good as Thiago Silva um, is for Chelsea at the moment, but when you bring in that veteran centre-back, you want them to make use of that experience and, mm-hmm. you know, show how well they can read the attackers because of how long they've been playing at the top level. I think he did that, um, certainly in that last season. And he started both legs of the uh, Europa League semi-final against Villarreal and started in the final as well. So, you know, Klopp, I mean, there is, re- there is you know, a sort of mitigating circumstances behind that, which I'll come on to with one of my other picks. Um, not to spoil it, but... But yeah, I think Klopp did sort of recognise um how good how good a player he was. So, yeah, whether that memory is completely accurate, I'm not sure. It was like, obviously, talking like six years ago now. But to my mind, that last sort of season, for us in particular, he, he proved his worth uh, to the squad.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good shout. It's someone I considered. Um, not someone who made the cut for me, but yeah, I think it's a good shout. I've also guessed who one of the other ones is, without a shadow of a doubt. But um. Yeah, Chloe, I'll come to you for your centre-back first, please. Or right-back, as it were, sorry. I, this formation thing's threw me. Right-back, please, Chloe.
1: You want me to go right-back? Okay. Um, so, I, when you said underrated, right, yeah. I just went with some of my favourite players who probably wasn't as known. Um, so, for my right-back, I went for Steve Finnan. Um, and it turns out he played over 200 games for us. Um, he established himself as like the main right back. Um he obviously was in the season that we'd we'd won the, you know, Istanbul comeback in the final. Um and I just absolutely adored him. I don't know what it was about him, but I adored him. Um and I think when we think of Liverpool like Liverpool fallbacks now, I, I don't even think Finnans even like when I was thinking through my brain of who to do and Steve Finham popped up in my head, like Steve Finham wasn't even on like things that I was searching. Um, so, I, I, you know, I just have very fond memories of him and just a quality right back. He was just so um, settled in his position. Like I think he was always at least a seven out of 10. Um, so yeah, I, I went with him and then, um, you know, Arbelawa comes in after him and is more preferred. But, um, for me, Steve Finnan's always got a place in my heart.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, that fact about him playing at every single professional level in England and uh, pretty much sums up his time at Liverpool as well. Very consistent, sort of the consummate professional I describe him as. Um, wasn't particularly flashy, you know. We look at Andy Robertson now and Trent doing outrageous attacking things, you know. Steve Finnan wouldn't even have dreamt of after them, but I I think it's a very good shout. I had a lot of time for Steve Finnan. I thought he was. Um, more than more than capable and more than adequate as a Liverpool right-back. Um, You've just mentioned mine, um, Alvaro Arbeloa. Uh, similar to Brad the away for me, sort of, you know, had a decent career during his time at Liverpool. We never truly warmed to him. And then seemed to have a better career everywhere else he went. Like, his Real Madrid career was outstanding. Um, but it never really happened for him with us. So, he'd be mine just because... Like I say, it was good for us, but it never really kicked off. Um, but it seemed like other people and other clubs were able to get the best out of him. So, yeah, Alvaro Abelauer. Go on.
2: Did Did he go straight from, he went straight from Liverpool to Real, didn't he? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So clearly they saw, I, I considered him because clearly they saw something in his yeah. performances for us. to think, you know, that he had what was, you know, he was capable of, of playing for, for Real, one of the, the biggest clubs in the world. So, exactly. so, yeah, I think that's a good shout for right back, yeah.
0: Yeah, he played ninety-eight times for us, just got the stats here, and then he went on to play two hundred and thirty-eight times for Real Madrid. So that's one an a absolute
2: sort of shed load of trophies as well. Well a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And he's got a World Cup medal as well. So his career is actually a very good one. But from a Liverpool perspective, like I say, it never truly burst yeah. into life. Um but yeah, I'll go first on the next one. Um I'll stick with myself, which will be a centre back, my first off. Um And I'll go with a very current one, actually, because this is a sort of topic that has been raised quite a lot recently. Um, And I'm going to go with Joe Gomez. Um, This will be the first headphone throw moment. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I've gone with Joe Gomez because I believe he only in sort of the last six months, he is truly now underrated. Because we seem to have very short memories is all I'm going to say on it, really, because he was outstanding. For Liverpool where we won the Premier League you know, played his part in the Champions League etc etc was the preferred choice alongside Virgil van Dijk, I've, I've said it numerous times already this season um, and I'll openly admit he's been miles off it so far since he's come back but I think that's just because his injury was so bad and he probably needs the football to get back to his levels but he can't get that football and I'm not going to go into all the vagaries of why he's not in form but I do think the entire Liverpool fan base or lots of it. And the media, you know, and the outside world, all thrown into one. They've kind of cast him off. And I think he's twenty-four. You know, he's getting a link to Aston Villa. And we're not we're not even in the sort of the realms of selling him yet or moving him on. He's so good, but we are forgetting that. Dave, I'll let you come in.
2: Yeah. The thing the thing I always mention with Gomez and I probably said it before on this podcast, if you think about the time when Liverpool's defence in the Klopp era was at its peak. It was the first half of that 2018 19 season when yeah. I think we conceded in about 19 matches. I think we conceded about nine goals and we looked, you know, completely impenetrable at times. I mm-hmm. think we, like the first four games of the season were all clean sheets or something like that as well. Um, and then obviously he got injured. Um, and I think there was a tackle by Ben Me against Burnley, yeah. which yeah. Um, he ended up with like a, a fracture in his leg. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that. He's that that level. That partnership with Van Dijk is the best centre back partnership I've ever seen for Liverpool, to be honest. And obviously, Matip's great. But in terms of the kind of solidity and just looking like a complete rock, I mean, even when we finished that season, obviously Matip took over after after the injury. But I think it's like top three, top four Premier League defensive records ever. I think we only conceded um just like twenty one goals or something, and Chelsea have the record with about fifteen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Gomez has played a huge part in that, so I, I really like that shout, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and like I say, taking nothing away from Joel Masip, as you mentioned, you know, Ibrahim McEnany's been outstanding since he came in, but, you know, I think we're all just sleeping on him is the term we would probably use. Um, Chloe, I'll come to you for a centre-back this time, please, mate.
1: Right, oh, what one do I want to give you? um... <laughs> I'll probably go with the one that's more recent but I think people will be like what the hell she knows not um, and that's Ragnar Klavan I actually really enjoyed Ragnar Klavan I'm not even going to lie I really did like like, you know this little step over thing where he puts it through his legs that's become a viral thing mm-hmm. um, you know everyone seems to take the mick out of him but I thought he was actually decent um, you know he was decent height he, he scored obviously a goal against Burnley in the last minute which yeah. was unbelievable but um I, I just thought he was he was quite a solid player that we didn't get to see enough of. We made a, a song about him on the cop, but it obviously didn't really take off, um, which was just basically taking the mick out of all the centre back, like the most heroic centre backs in the Premier League, um, which was really enjoyable, but it, it sadly didn't take off. But he he was a, a player who I thought um maybe if he could have got more time, he'd he'd be in liked more or at least seen as a better centre-half than just a joke. But, um, I mean, I might be totally wrong with that. I might just be saying this because I absolutely adored the lad when he played for us. But um, I really did enjoy watching him. And, uh, you know, at the time where he was coming in and he wasn't like your number one centre-half, he was being put in with some different players at the back there. Dejan Lovren, to name one of them. Um and I just think to yourself, with Dejan Lovren, as good as a player as he was, when you know someone's gonna turn off their game and it could cost you a goal, how like how can you physically be so focused when you're also worrying about your other centre half? So I think with him, I think both centre halves when they played, worried about each other, which mm. might have caused a bit of problems at the back. But um, yeah, I'll give it to Ragnar Klavan. Um, what what a lad!
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's a very good shout and someone I considered as well. Um, and the thought of Ragnar Klavan worrying about Dejan Lovren and vice versa is truly terrifying, I've got to be honest with you. That is properly scary stuff. Um, the, what I'd say on him in terms of his ability, that Burnley goal is what immediately sprung to mind, followed by that outrageous turn, which is just you know pure goal, <laughs> um, No nonsense, uncomplicated. And the Estonian Nat Phillips is how i describe Ragnar Klavan. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, Dave, I'll come to you. Anything to say on Ragnar Klavan? And I'm going to guess off a centre-half of you this time, but I'm going to give up on your formation in a minute.
2: Yeah, it is another centre-half. Um, Klavan's a decent shout. I think it's kind of the exact sort of brand of player you'd have um, in this eleven, really. I've gone from my middle centre-half with uh, Ozan Kabak. And... Uh, so, again, kind of current. I actually considered Lovren, but I decided not to put him in because I don't like him anymore as a human being. Are
1: you sure <laughs> it's not just for that, like, 40-yard so shot? Remember when he did that against Southampton? Oh, South God. Yeah. oh my just, God, I could have
0: startled him. I've just said wow out loud whilst on mute when you said Ozan Kabak. So this better be good, Dave.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm confident in my explanation, but I think, yeah, on Lovren, he just... um any sort of goodwill that was left over I think he's kind of forfeited with some of the utter utter nonsense he puts on his social media um <laughs> really so he's out um and I've gone for cabback who when we did our end of season awards last year I had his um we'd had an unsung hero award and I put him uh I think we ended up going with Robbo because I was kind of outvoted and obviously Robo had kind of a bit of stick last season Mm-hmm. Um, which we kind of all agreed was undeserved, but uh the thing with Carbach is, I think the the early games that he played, um, the derby that we lost, um, and maybe the there was a game against Sheffield United as well, maybe that would, where we won two nil, um, and I think you've got you've got cardigan on commentary, and he's really like laying into him, mm-hmm. and he's 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 going for him, and he's saying Carbach is is like a mess, he's really shaky. And it happens all the time with players, their their debuts and their early games leave you with kind of a, they make a bigger impact on how you perceive that player than, pro, than, than most of the games will. And it, a prime example of that is, um, we were talking about it in our group chat before the podcast, uh, remember that Moreno goal, uh, for example, against against Tottenham, yeah. um, certainly one of his first games, everyone thinks Alberto Moreno can play left wing, Alberto Moreno can... Has got a great shot on him, and that just that just isn't true. Like probably every other shot he he took was probably sliced, but it's just it's just that first game, and it just stays with you. Um, and I think he came in car back to absolute chaos. Like he's playing alongside Jordan Henderson sometimes at centre back. You know, let's let's remember that. And he played to my mind an important role in us. You know getting to the last 16 of the champions league you know beating leipzig was was a good achievement mm-hmm. um obviously didn't have enough to beat real but with our injuries we you know that's fair enough as well um and yeah i think he he helped us have a respectable end to that season and we had the opportunity to buy him for less than the 18 million that was yeah. in the contract and we didn't take it at the time i felt we should have since then it's obviously not gone very well for him at Norwich um and people have made it out like he just knocked out for the Premier League and the people have sort of laughed at him and to me that's a bit unfair like Norwich uh, one of the worst teams in the league it's obviously you know not the, the turn he would have expected his career to take after the loan at Liverpool and clearly Klopp didn't see enough you know so that that's one thing you, you trust his judgments on that but I I saw it at Liverpool a player who I think has the potential to be a really good centre back and have a really good career. And I just hope for his sake that uh, the sort of struggles he's having at Norwich and seemingly falling out of the team now under Dean Smith um, doesn't kind of have a lasting effect and stop him from getting to that sort of European level, which I think he's, he's capable of based on what I've seen from him. Because let's not forget, you know, we bought him in an emergency, but we had also mm. linked with him before then. So this, it's a player that we like and that we. That we rated. So so yeah, hopefully um he can sort of recover from the difficult situation he's in now. And I think that he's been a bit disrespected, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's very fair, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off um what I had to say on Ozan Kabak. Because I think you've probably been I think you probably nailed it because he came into a really difficult situation. Um, you know, he's had somewhat of a baptism of fire in England. Because you come into Liverpool in the mess that we were in. He's since gone to Norwich who as you sort of alluded to, a a pretty poor side. They're on a bit of an upward trajectory now under Dean Smith. But, you know, when he first went there, they were a mess as well. So I think that's a fair assessment, actually. I think there is definitely potential there. He's still very young. Um, His Liverpool career certainly didn't go as planned. I think he had a calf injury, which ruled him out for the majority of the end of the season. And I think we all kind of look at Rhys Williams and Nat Phillips as the saviours of that campaign. Um, but Ozan Kabak probably did play uh, more of a role than we give him credit for. I think that Leic- the Leicester game and the mess with Allison is kind of the overriding memory from his time. Yeah, with I us. forgot
2: to mention that one. That's
0: yeah, a, that's that, a fair point as well. But... And, and I think you're right because that kind of incident is the blueprint then for what we all think of. You know, when, certainly when it plays with us for such a short period of time, you tend to remember, you know, one or two moments. And unfortunately for Kabak, they're pretty bad moments, um, and that is one of them. Um, but the details for the Ozan Kabak fan club will be in the episode description, Dave, right? I'm joking. Absolutely, um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, my, um, my second... No, oh, it's not me. It wouldn't be me. I'm being very selfish. Uh, Chloe, I'll come to you. It's got to be your turn next. Who have you got?
1: Um, a player which prob- I say is underrated, but to be honest, it's one of those. Again, where I just loved him, so I decided to put him in. Um, and that's Daniel Agger. He might have been loved. I think he. I think a lot of people were frustrated with him because of his injuries. Yeah. Um. But Daniel Aga for me, I absolutely adored the man. Um. He was one of my favourite players ever uh, in a Liverpool shirt. He'd be up there in my top five, probably, to be honest. Um. I, like you know, he's got "You'll Never Walk tattooed on his yeah. on his knuckles. Um. That that strike against West Ham, which is absolutely unbelievable. I just think if he would have played more, if he wouldn't have had the injuries, I truly think he would have been world class. His left foot was brilliant, um, and I, I you know, I really like having a left footed as well, uh, at the back, um, as having a right, a, a right footer. So, um, I just think his distribution, everything about him, was so suave. I, I think, um, he was just such a cool footballer, but he just he he was injured too much to to actually play. Um, but yeah. I would therefore say he was one of the well one of my heroes anyway and um I know people may think he's not underrated because you know he, he did have the captain's armband several times maybe that was when players were substituted off so clearly the the club thought a lot of him mm-hmm. um but I, I don't think he's shown his full potential on the pitch but I truly believe if if he was able to play more games and if he wasn't you know well, heightened by injuries, I think he'd be an absolutely unbelievable centre-half.
0: I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, as you were talking now, I was thinking of sort of things to come back with I, and you you nailed it all as you were going. Like, I, From my point of view, he wasn't underrated because we loved him, but we loved him for who he was and sort of the way he played the game, not so much his ability And I don't think he was appreciated by a wider audience for his ability because he was, you know, he was very, very good. Um, And he probably never got the credit he deserved for that. Um, One thing I will say as well is that goal you referred to there, I wanted him to do that a lot more, but he never truly did. Um, Which is easier said than done, obviously, because it was an absolute worldie. But every time he brought the ball forward, sort of past the halfway line, you thought, go on then. But obviously, maybe thankfully... He either didn't shoot or he didn't quite go to plan. Um but yeah, Dave, I'll come to you. Um obviously any thoughts on Danny Agger but also your sense of Final one.
2: Yeah, I love Daniel Agger. I think um, you know, there's all sorts of reasons you can call a player underrated. And I do think he is a player who's a lot of people would would put in their team just because he is one of them that you look back on very fondly um for various reasons. And uh yeah maybe a player that the wider footballing community didn't realise how good he was at his absolute best. But my final centre-back, and it's, I gave a hint, obviously, before, is Sacco. Um, and the place to start here is probably with the off-field stuff. Um, so it sort of all unraveled for him, um, in 2016, mm-hmm. um, when he, he was given a ban for taking a, uh, a fat burner, um, and then it emerged later on that, that wasn't on the wasn't actually on the banned substances list. So he should have been able to play um, at yeah. the end of that season and in the Europa League final. So from that point of view, you feel for him. But then um, he made the mistake of, I think he turned up late twice on a uh, pre-season trip. Um, and that's obviously on him. And Klopp was obviously having none of that. Um, and I think it because it was kind of Klopp's first full season as well, it probably made him even less inclined to accept that yeah. because it's like, setting a precedent going forward. Um, So, yeah, Sacco was pretty much out in the cold after that, as far as I remember. And I remember at the time saying, oh, why is Klopp being so stubborn? Um, Bring him in from the cold. Like uh, We're having defensive issues. And really, I thought in 15, 16, before obviously things unraveled, his performances were brilliant a lot of the time. Um, I think he's been kind of painted as a bit of an accident waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, as a player, but I don't think that's necessarily an accurate reflection of his his time at Liverpool as a whole. Um, because like I say, I thought in that sort of first few months under Klopp, um, he was he was excellent, and I also think he was forging a bond with the supporters as well. I've got kind of vivid memories of him kind of doing like a, a salute to the uh to the crowd at Anfield. I think people really appreciated the kind of battle and spirit that he had. He was a real w- warrior in defence. Um, so that's why I'd have him in because I think the way things ended for him at Liverpool, uh, and it was extremely low key, has kind of maybe overshadowed um, how good he was. Um, and who knows, you know, he might he probably wasn't cut out to be the centre back. You know, in the sort of post eighteen nineteen era, mm-hmm. um, like maybe isn't the centre back you need to win the very biggest honors, but. Who knows how things might have uh have panned out in the, the the following couple of seasons if he hadn't had those issues
0: yeah i, I was a fan of melmedou sacco in fairness um i think you're right i think what happened towards the end probably tarnished a lot of liverpool fans sort of memories of his time with the club Um, i will say though you, you alluded to it there an accident waiting to happen I, he did terrify me whenever he had the ball at his feet there was just something so awkward and like cumbersome about the way he he dealt with the ball. It was, And there was a couple of moments where it kind of panned out that way as well. We gave it away sloppily and what have you. But in terms of underrated, I think that's probably fair. And certainly in terms of the reasons, like I say, I think Klopp obviously set his stall out on him and sort of made him out to be the bad guy for want of a better expression, um, which might have been fair enough. It might not have been. But I definitely think there was an element of Klopp almost being like, you're probably not of a level whereby I need to bring you back in. So I'm gonna set my stall out and really, like I say, almost make an example and say you you don't turn up late in this regime, whether that be right or wrong. I do think there's an element of that. Um my second centre centre back before we move on, um, Martin Skirtle, similar to Chloe's really I suppose in Daniel Agger. Um in as much as, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans adored Skirtle, and rightly so, um, I just don't think he quite got the credit from the wider world, um, to be honest with you. An absolute warrior, put his head on anything, um, and scored some memorable goals as well. And so, yeah, Martin Skirtle would be mine. I'm not going to dwell on that too much. Chloe, any comments on Martin?
1: He wouldn't survive nowadays with with VAR. That is my Yeah, point. that's Everybody's probably a fair single- goal. He could have gave a penalty away at every single corner, going. Every liked, single you second. You liked
0: dragging people, then not you? you? know what yeah. he did. Yeah, that's but true. Good job
1: VAR was nothing back then.
0: <laughs> I suppose you adapt, to like you adapt to your circumstances, don't you? Because there was no VAR, he probably just went hell for leather. But yeah. now he probably couldn't do that. Whether that would make him a worse defender or not is a different story. Um, while you're with us, Chloe, I'll stick with you um, and go for your left back, please.
1: My left back is Fabio Aurelio. Um, another pl- I went with consistent, solid players. Really. Um, I think he was another player that got hindered a bit with with injuries, but um, I really, really loved Fabio Aurelio. Uh, his his free kick against United. Even though I was a little kid, one of the things I remember most. Um, unbelievable free kick. And and you kind of wants them to like n- do one of them every single game, even though he, you know. He was up against Stephen Gerrard, who was also taking free kicks at the time. So he probably hardly was given many chances. And, um, yeah, i I j- just one of those players who um, I don't think got the credit that he deserved because he wasn't unbelievable. He was just a decent right uh, left-back. He did everything that he needed to do. Um, he's not like the modern-day full or anything, and I just think... Um, yeah, he, he was just—he was a player I absolutely adored, um, and as you can see, it's a running theme throughout my team. Yeah, uh, I've adored pretty much every one of these players. Danny Ward, maybe not so much, but hmm. the rest of them for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll stick with myself because he was also mine. Um, it was a toss-up between him and Emiliano and Sua, but I went with Avelio A lot of it based on that free kick that you mentioned against Man United for obvious reasons. Um, well, signed on a free transfer as well was a big part of it because I love a bargain I absolutely love a bargain and he was definitely one of them um he had an absolute wand of a left foot quite frankly um so yeah absolutely loved him as well great shout and um, Dave I suppose we're back we're on your right wing back am I right in saying
2: yeah so this is a bold one I think um because Here of the nature go. of the formation um. So I'll just I'll come straight and say I've gone with Declan as a right wing back slash right midfielder. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that it's quite bold, but um, what he does have is the work race. I, I think. Yeah. I think he takes to it. I'm not gonna lie. You know, you see, um, you see players like turning up at wing back. Like I think Chelsea have done it quite a bit. Um, you think they've got no right to be there, but if they're under the right coach um and if they've got kind of the right attitude i think it can kind of work um so yeah i've i've gone for <laughs> i've gone for cows um i'd have him in there because he's like the epitome of underrated um mm-hmm. and you're almost hesitant to put him in there maybe for for that reason because you're like well if everyone calls a player underrated are they actually yeah. um but i think it because it's cow like it, he's, he's got to be and he's got to be in the team. Um, because he is almost like the definition of it in a way so uh yeah i've got i've got him in he can play he can play striker too he can play most of the time on the right wing but um you know he oh. he's got that he's got that versatility so yeah. i think he could adapt to it big game player as well scored in the champions league final scored the winning penalty against chelsea to get us get us there scored in the league cup final
1: Derby. um
2: yeah, so there we go. Um I think there was also wasn't there a game against United as well, where he he stole a stole a goal off Suarez. Maybe he's got, did he yeah. score a hat trick in that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think so.
2: I think it was maybe was it a hat trick where it was like all within all within about four yards of the goal? Yeah. Um I think so. I think it was like um the most poached hat trick of all time. But yeah, so I, I'd i have Kaus. I think it's not controversial to put Kous in there, it's controversial where I've put him, but I stand by it.
0: Yeah, you fully shoehorned him in and then explained it by saying he scored a hat trick from four yards. Um, but you've got a <laughs> well, like, right wing back, we obviously.
2: Can, we we can take off a center back and we can switch to a back four and then yeah. go more attack and we can
0: push him up. Yeah, we I mean, when you pick an underrated 11 for a podcast, the important thing is that you have versatility and squad depth. So, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> no, they I'm, I'm very much winding you up. Um, yeah, Dirk Kite. I don't want to say it too early, Chloe, but for me, he was an absolute no-brainer in this side. Um, He's my right winger, let's just say. Um, Nothing else to add on what Dave said, really. Absolutely love the bloke. Um, One of my favourite sort of traits in a footballer, um, Liverpool or otherwise, is sort of work rate. And that was sort of his middle name, I suppose. He was the absolute epitome of it. I don't know whether he looked knackered after five minutes because his face went dead red all the time. Or whether it's just because he absolutely ran his socks off for 90 minutes of every game. I'm thinking it's the latter. Um but yeah, I'll come to you, Clary, for yours. Right wing, please.
1: Well, it's a full house because I obviously went with Dirk yes. quite didn't I? Um yeah, unbelievable player. Uh not much to add, you've have said it all. Uh, just another player though I loved and you know what I love with a lot of these players right now is that they've still got ties to the football club. Mm. They are still very much invested in this football club and love this football club. Um and I think that's what makes our team so special, our football club so special. So yeah, he, he had to be in there.
0: Yeah, he did. Um just at the stats and he played two hundred and eighty-five times for Liverpool, scored seventy one and assisted forty one. So yeah, not a bad career, but probably underrated because we seem to remember him for the hard work and the work rate etc etc and not so much how good he was at actually kicking a football so yeah definitely definitely one for this side and um, i'll stick with myself for a centre midfielder and um, and i've gone recent for this one actually and um, genie wijnaldum opened up that can of worms and just God, that's such a difficult one. Again, similar to people we've already mentioned, I suppose, in this pod. You know, we as Liverpool fans adored him, even though he did divide opinion among some. Actually, even when he played for us, let alone since he's gone. Um, because he was, I suppose, uncomplicated. Apart from that game against Barcelona, you'd probably say where he just was almost let loose and the shackles were off, and off he went and scored twice. But um, yeah, it was always one to divide opinion suppose is my main reason for putting him in. I thought it was brilliant. You know, we miss him now. There's no doubt about that in my opinion. His um durability is probably what we miss more than anything, if we're gonna be honest. Um so yeah, Gina Winealdum for me. Um I'll come to you Dave for yours and I'm sure you're gonna have a comment on Winealdum.
2: Well I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you I'll give you two of my mids um and I'll do that because one of them is, is actually Winealdum as well. Um Perfect. So it's gonna be another full house on him but um, the only thing I'll say on wynaldum is we said before he left that we might not appreciate just how important he was as a team yes. until yeah, yeah. he's gone and I think that's kind of proved to be the case um, beyond just kind of availability I think um, the balance he offered the team and the defensive uh, def- defensives like solidity as well the midfield and the protection as well yeah. I think was is kind of underrated and certainly really important and I almost miss him for that. Yeah. But one thing um, on that,
0: Dave, actually, just while we're on the yeah. topic, it's just sprung to mind now. Something we've we're not very good at this season, and we spoke about it on here is when we're in control of the games, almost killing that game off. And that's where I think we might miss Wayne Adam more than anything. Because he was so assured and adept at just keeping the ball ticking over. Yeah. For whatever reason this year, when we go 2 0 ahead in games, we've seen it just recently, you know, the palace game got a bit edgy for no reason. We seem to let sides back in. And when wijnaldum mm. was around we didn't do that very often so that might be another thing that we miss
2: yeah i don't think it's a coincidence and a lot of the time i was frustrated with wijnaldum because he didn't take risks on the ball but mm-hmm. in those scenarios it kind of it kind of works doesn't it but yeah to, to give you another one of my mids i've got three but i'll i'll, I'll do my uh my yeah. third one in, in a minute um i'd have jordan henderson in there mm-hmm. um and I feel like it's 2015 again, really, because <laughs> that's kind of um what we always say about about Hendo, or, or at least some of us when he was a more divisive player. And we did our player ratings a couple of weeks back. We all agreed that he hasn't been at his best this season, that we wanted more from him. But some of the disrespect that you've seen on Twitter is has been has been crazy to me. Like mm-hmm. it all it almost seems like we are going back to that early stage of his career when everyone was like, Oh, the fact that Liverpool I've got Jordan Henderson as captain the fact that they spent so much money on him is a sign of you know just how mediocre they are and all that but as a footballer like he's made out like he's just this complete and utter simpleton but it's it, that's just so it's like i say it's so disrespectful because yes his intangible attributes like are probably as important as you know as his football abilities but mm-hmm. he is he is also really good and that's why he's been kind of in the team for, for so long as well. He's not just going to be like in there. You know, Klopp's not some sort of, he's not just a complete passion merchant who's going to be putting players in the team for, for those intangible attributes for leadership and all that. He's he, Some of his long passes brilliant. He's he scored some absolute worldly goals from outside the box. And yes, mm-hmm. sometimes he makes the wrong decision in terms of, you know, these kind of first-time crosses and things like that. But he's a player who, you know, was voted... He's a former footballer of the year, and I think you're aware, you know that wasn't a complete reflection maybe of 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 footballing skill. You know, people recognize his importance off the pitch as well, certainly, mm. but you're not going to give someone that award unless they're also, you know, they've also got a lot of ability. um and I, I can't believe we're kind of still having these conversations about Henderson really. I think you can say he needs to do more. He needs to perform better without being. You know, without putting them down um, as much, and you almost don't want to. You know, I've not probably got the amount of followers for it for it to make a difference, but you almost don't want to talk about them too much on Twitter because when you see the, the big accounts talking about them, it just ignites this this complete like sort of really like there's so much animosity in the debate mm-hmm. about it. Like he seems to have, mm-hmm. you know, split split fans, and I just don't think it's it's a little bit, you know, a bit over the top to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and like I say, I think we've all had sort of, you know, relatively grown up discussions about John Henderson's form this season. I think they're completely valid. Um, but you're right. I think a lot of the fan base would ship him or attempt to ship him back off to Fulham again and even get Clint Dempsey in as a swap. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely a fair shout and um, definitely underrated um, by sections of our own fan base, unfortunately, as well. And um, despite being our captain and one of the first names on the team sheet still. So, yeah, great shout. Um, Chloe, I'll come to you.
1: I've got three midfielders, but I'll round it off with another full house, which I obviously said Wijnaldum. Um, Good, yeah. There's not much more to say apart from... I mean... i'm not angry with the way he left he wanted more money and now i mean the grass isn't always greener because he's hating life over there and that's personally from my opinion his own fault for not signing the deal um but there we go saying that i adored him um i adore the number five as well anyone who wears the number five tends to be you know high in my like estimation of i love you uh, for Liverpool, you know, Daniel Agger wore the number five as well. It's one of my favourite numbers, probably after Daniel Agger to be honest. Um, yeah, but anyone be. who wears the number five. Um, but, yeah, he was a box-to-box midfielder. Um, a lot of people was annoyed that he put the ball from side to side. But when you actually watch him, he's the one that's recycling it all. Without doing that and moving them side to side, then, you know, the team doesn't... Um, get tired there's no spaces there um so yeah I think he was very very underrated by a lot of players his song was brilliant always had mm. time for his song he scored a bullet header against Man City which I can still remember now unbelievable and obviously how can you speak about him without mentioning that Barcelona minutes yeah. where he's came on um and he's he's done unbelievable so yeah um Wijnaldum's in there
0: yeah, you, you stick with you, Chloe. You have another one. And I presume you now love Ibrahim Kanata, McAr- Liverpool's new number five as well. Of
1: course, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, another, like, another, another midfielder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, another midfielder. Um, I'll go with... Uh, I, I think this one's more... Like, I don't know, but I, I'm going to say, as my like kind of CDM kind of player, I went with Lucas Lever, another player I adored. Um I don't know whether he was underrated by us as fans or by the, the outer footballing world.
0: Both, I think.
1: He he had technique. He was a brilliant Brazilian, for God's sake. He had technique. He was unbelievable. It was just he did the dirty work, so no one else cared for anything else that he did on a football pitch. But that man ran himself into the ground every game. He did some of the most dirty work you'll ever see. Um, the tackles he was making were unbelievable. Um, and obviously that, that, that um, shot against uh, Everton, I think it is, where he does absolutely sensational. You're expecting him to, you know, go on, bury you, And he puts it wide. And obviously Jürgen Klopp starts laughing at the sidelines. But yeah, um, what a player Lucas Labor was. And once again, another player that absolutely adores us. His kids literally wear our stuff. The other day he put on about Jürgen Klopp or something about his kid um yeah just just another player i could never cut ties with because i adored the man
0: yeah i think he's one who falls into that cult hero category personally um he played a hell of a lot of games for liverpool actually haven't got it up he should have got up while you were talking um yeah played a a ridiculous amount of times for us and was very very much adored by large sections of the fan base um I think part of his problem was, in terms of what we were all expecting, that expect, expectation meets reality sort of situation. Because when we signed him, you know, it was a few years ago now, obviously, you all start looking things up and what have you. And you see, I think he capped in Brazil in the Under-20 World Cup. And I think he was scoring goals in that tournament and being this sort of creative attacking midfielder. And you thought, OK, yeah, sound. And then he turned up and, it, and he wasn't that um, in the slightest, actually. Um, but yeah, I loved him. Um, if I was a bit older and able to gamble at the time, I'd have probably made a lot of money on him picking up a yellow card every game, um, which would have been nice as well. I probably would have loved him even more. But yeah, I think Lucas Labour definitely falls into the underrated category. Um, for, for lots of reasons. But the dirty work point is probably the key one, because he did do the dirty work, and he was always there. You know, Formed great partnerships, whoever he was alongside. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I think the reason a lot of Liverpool fans, you know, were almost underwhelmed by him is because he probably wasn't what we expected. When you sign a Brazilian midfielder, you expect sort of Philip Coutinho vibes, and we got this really pale Brazilian kid with long blonde hair. So, yeah, that's probably a good shout. Um, my centre midfielder, um, my other one, because um, I've only got two, of course, Um I'm going to mention Val but it wasn't him in the end. Um, I, I, I only mentioned him because I really was torn between him and Javier Mascherano. And I've gone with Mascherano, whose Liverpool career really didn't take off. It seems to be a running theme in mind, people who were very good, but not for Liverpool. Um, and he was one of them because it never really happened for him. Like I remember like he was on the bench a lot of the time for us, even though if you think of Javier Mascherano sort of Barcelona, days it was unbelievable um but for whatever reason it didn't really happen at Liverpool obviously he was signed on the back of the Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano mess that was West Ham and nobody quite knew who owned them etc etc but yeah for whatever reason just didn't happen but I loved him to pieces because he was this nasty gnarly sort of midfielder who just break up play and his tackling ability was probably the best I've ever seen in Liverpool shirt, quite frankly, which is a big statement, I know, but he just won balls even better than Fabinho. He just won tackles; that he had absolutely no right to win, um, and I loved him for it. So yeah, mine would be Javier Mascherano. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you for your third and final centre midfielder.
2: Yeah, I mean Mascherano is is a good shout. I just I do wish we would see more of the um, yes. Mascherano, Gerard, Alonso um, in midfield. Is that? That had the potential to be... When you of, think
0: of those three players now, 100%, it's like the perfect midfield, but it never really yeah, you know, materialised. I had, you know. had
2: the potential to be an all-time Premier League midfielder, yeah. Um, yeah. definitely, um, so it's a shame. But um, my midfielder is certainly a step down in terms of prestige um, from that. And again, it's someone who's something of a meme, um, and it's the fault of Brendan Rodgers, because he called him the, the Welsh savvy, I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> as, he, as he was kind of unveiled. Uh, so I've obviously gone for Joe Allen, um, and the reason is, again, that uh, first Klopp season. Um, all of a sudden, Joe Allen turned into, tended he was a player who was kind of another example of shoddy Liverpool recruitment and um, derided it as a flop. Then all of a sudden, this Klopp's Klopp's uh, first season, his last season, I want to say at the club, he just turned, he turned into a classy midfield operator. Out of absolutely nowhere, I think he grew, grew like a beard, grew his hair longer, and that maybe proved to be the difference. And to me, it seemed like he was winning a lot of fans over as well. Um, he only actually started eight league games that season, but in my in my mind, like he was basically delivering uh, when he played. And um, there was that, wouldn't say famous goal, but it's probably a memorable one in that game against Arsenal mm-hmm. um, to salvage a three odd draw right at the end um, in front of the cop. Uh, I think back then, drawing to the All-Against Arsenal was a good result as well because uh, they were going for the title last season. Obviously, we were probably more focused on, on getting into getting into Europe. Um, and he also, I'm pretty sure, scored the winning penalty against Stoke in the uh, League Cup semi-final as well. So he had a couple of hero moments. Um, so for that reason, uh, I've gone for him because I think, uh, yeah, people don't really... Maybe recognise that he's a you know for Wales as well, and yeah, yeah I think he's still going stronger. Stoke, like he's he's a, actually a fairly you know steady, reliable midfielder. I think, and obviously it didn't go the way he would have wanted to at Liverpool, but but yeah, maybe someone who is uh, not quite given the, the recognition he deserves.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think a lot of that is to do with um, Rodgers loving. For him, and almost as we fell out with Brendan Rodgers as a football club, Joe Allen kind of went hand in hand with that because Brendan Rodgers absolutely adored him, um, and it was clear to see. And um, I, I, I was a fan. I thought he was a very technically sound footballer. Um, obviously, didn't have the physicality you'd like in a midfielder. I always think if you are, if you aren't physical. As a midfielder, you need to be that extra cut above, technically. Um, and he was very good, but I don't think he was quite good enough to really sort of uh, make amends for what he lacked elsewhere, let's say. But yeah, like you say, very good career and um, very good longevity. Um, and I'm gonna say we'll probably appear for Wales in the World Cup in the winter. So yeah, he, he's done all right for himself, Joe Allen. Um yeah, but like I say, the Bender Rogers ties probably make us reflect poorly on his Liverpool time. Um Chloe, I'll come to you. You're going to have to remind me what position now because I, I'm all over the place. I'm on left wing. I don't know where you are with your formation. Tell me.
1: I'm on my third and final centre mid.
0: Third and um, final. So, let's do it. Yeah. Go
1: on. So I went with a more attack. And basically, what I did was I went with a defensive one, a box to box, which was Rijnaldum. Yeah. And then my third and final centre mid is Yossi Ben Ayum, ah, And another one, which. Um, I adored, let's be honest. I I hated the fact that he went to Chelsea. Um, He also had the loan spell to Arsenal, I think. And, you know, that put him down in how I think of him. But um, the lad was was brilliant. I adored him. Um, And, you know, I think Benitez called him something like a match winner, which is why he always came off the bench. And he did feel like that at times. Um, Just a proper sound player. He was... Really good. Technically, he was really attacking. um, And obviously, I think he went under the radar a bit. Um, I think he he played in total 134 games, had 29 assists, uh, 29 goals, sorry, and 20 assists. So, I don't really think that's a bad return, especially when he comes off the bench so much in his Liverpool career. Um, But yeah, just another one of the players that I absolutely adored. So, to bring him in here because I haven't heard enough of him since.
0: Yeah, Definitely. Definitely underrated, in my opinion. Yossi Benny. Um, had Had a habit of scoring important goals, actually, um, while he was with us, um, including a couple of hat-tricks. Um, so, yeah, an absolute you know, shoe in in my opinion. Not one I picked, um, just because I had people above him. But, yeah, I think he's a great shout. And I also kind of knew you were going to pick him, Chloe, so I avoided it for that reason. Um, but, yeah, I'll come to you, Dave. I'm on left wing, like I say, you tell me where you are.
2: I'm at my uh wing back left midfielder like that
0: Good. I thought so. That's yeah.
2: um and thankfully this time um it's not as as bold a shout because the player has actually uh did actually transition to a left back role later in his career. Um it's Albert Riera, um yes. so who was sort of a, a left midfielder. Uh yeah for us but um like I say did when he was in Spain I think later later on play sort of as a left back which um you know maybe a few a few wingers do if they lose kind of that explosive pace that they have but the reason I've got him is I don't think he's you know on you know a textbook example of underrated but I think similar to Ben Ayun, but even more so nobody really talks about him um and that's partly because he was only here for a couple of seasons. But you know, we talk about kind of maybe the more sentimental picks. The 08-09 Liverpool team was was my favourite Liverpool team ever before the current one. Um, you know, some of my favorite ever Liverpool games that the four one at Old Trafford and the 4-0 at home um against Real Madrid. I think they were pretty close in proximity as well, those two games. But yeah, some of the games I remember most fondly and he um you know, he's probably just looking at my team now. Um, yeah, he'd be the only, him and Kaut on, on either wing would be the representatives from that side, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I think the role would actually suit him perfectly as well. Um, Whereas does Kaut might be questioning me in, in the dressing room, saying, why why am I playing as a wing-back? Riera would, I think, take to it like like a duck of Water. So, yeah, that completes my sort of midfield five, if you like.
0: Nice. Yeah, I actually, again, <clears throat> Albert yeah, was is someone I considered. I, I was made up when we signed him. I had really high hopes, um, but maybe didn't quite materialise like I'd hoped. Uh, but there's been a few of them down the years. Um, I'm pretty certain we're not going to mention the likes of Alberto Aquilani now. Um, he was certainly one who I got properly excited about when we signed. but Obviously, it didn't happen um, due to, I believe, what is known as a glass ankle these days. Um I'll, I'll give you my left winger before I come for yours, Chloe. Um, Ryan Babel would be mine. Um, again, uh, similar to a lot of Chloe's picks, I suppose, very sentimental. I just loved Ryan Babel. I thought he was brilliant. Um, one of his sort of main issues I always felt throughout his Liverpool career this is almost very tactical and technical, if you like, is obviously he played as a left winger, but he was right footed. Um, so he always obviously wanted to cut in and cross. And he was very good at it. Once defenders, good ones, had kind of worked that out. His weapons were a little bit limited, um, but either way, you know, I, I adored him. I thought he was brilliant. Um, really exciting to watch. Really direct. Um, had a decent Liverpool career. Played under 46 times, you know. Um, and then obviously he came back and scored against us for Fulham, which kind of tarnished things a little bit naturally. But yeah, Ryan Babble will be mine because really excited that we signed him and really exciting to watch. And I thought he had a decent time while he was with us. Um Chloe, I'll you know, come to you. Go on, Dave. Sorry.
2: Just just to say one thing on Babbel about that goal. Do you remember um he said he said before the game that he'd he'd seen something um about Van Dyke? Yes. He'd seen a weakness in yes. Van Dyke's game and it, he yeah. he he knew how to he knew how to exploit it. <laughs> and then yeah. whether that was whether that was it, I don't know. But yeah, he ended up caps, capsized, on yeah. a mistake, and he did actually, you know, was true to his word.
0: In fairness to him, he almost looked sorry when he scored that goal. Um, yeah,
2: he, he he clearly loves us, so that that's another yeah, reason to include so that's
0: him. another reason. Yeah, It's another reason I almost forgive him for it because, like I say, he was almost he's almost loathed to put it in the back of the net in the end. Um, but yeah, Ryan Babble for me, Chloe, your left winger, please.
1: Um, I don't think I could have created a team and not put Maxi Rodriguez in. Oh, so, yes, Maxi so Rodriguez is going into my left-mid spot. Um, so pleased. You know what? I'm surprised by how little time he spent because it because I adored him so much. And, like, his song was sung in Kiev. Like, his Blast. song was going off in Kiev. And, like, it's such an unreal song. But he actually only spent, like, two years here and, and didn't really play much. But Maxi Rodriguez, oh my word, what a lad! I adore him. Another like literally all of these players, I adore. Um, he, he was so comfortable on the ball. Um, could always find the pass. I think on his first game for us, he gets two assists with Torres, and obviously they both played at, at for Atletico Madrid. Um, and I think everyone expected them to do a bit more better with registering assists and goals than he actually did. Um, but my word, did I love Maxi, Mod- uh, Maxi Rodriguez and um, I also love love how he got here. He lied to Rafa Benitez saying that he could speak English and he could speak absolutely no English at all. He just wanted to play for us. So yeah, um, Maxi Rodriguez has my heart.
0: Yeah, as you can tell, I'm made up. Um, you've, you pick Maxi. I actually wrote down a list of honourable mentions here just in case they didn't get into our sides um, and maxi was top of that list um would have loved to have picked him couldn't get him in um unbelievable i, I just loved it to pieces just he sort of epitomised the joy on his face playing for this football club for someone who didn't like you know spend his entire career with us or obviously was born in Argentina doesn't have the club to heart necessarily he absolutely loved playing for us and obviously he signs off with that hat trick against Fulham And I think he scored a hat-trick like a few days before that for us as well. So, yeah, not a bad way to go. And I think a few of us were quite surprised when we didn't sort of keep him on or beg him to stay after that. But, yeah, I had to get in the side somehow, somewhere on the line. And I'm glad he did for you, Chloe, because what a man. Um, I didn't want to mention him before we'd done the midfield, just in case, and I'm glad I didn't now. Um, But, yeah, anyway, moving on. Dave, I'll come to you. Um, I presume we're in your strike force now.
2: Yeah, I've got two strikers. Um and just to say first of all, Maxi was a pro- again an honourable mention for me. I absolutely yeah. loved him and was uh, you know, was one of the players probably rated highest around that time. Uh, but my first striker is Sturridge Um, and this is because there probably isn't a wider appreciation, I don't think, um, mm-hmm. of what he would have been capable of without all the injuries he suffered. Um yeah. and I think some people do recognise that to be fair. So it wasn't a shout I was completely short sure on. Um, but of the strikers, I looked at the list and like you've essentially got players like Suarez, um, Torres, for example, who everyone pretty much agrees at their peak were unbelievable players. Mm-hmm. And then you've got some absolutely dreadful ones in there as well. Um, so I've gone for the ones who I think are kind of in the middle ground and, and Sturridge is like um that 13-14 season obviously it was incredible. Um that was kind of the peak of his time at liverpool but even in Klopp's first season he was our top scorer in all competitions even now again the the injuries were, were continuing and i think we could have been talking about one of the great premier league strikers um if he, his body wasn't made of of skips um so <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's just the the unfortunate uh reality i suppose but yeah i've gone for underrated because um like i say i think People, maybe don't realize just how much um, the injuries of, of robbed us.
0: Yeah, massively. Um, before I go on, Chloe, you want to say?
1: I was just going to say there's two there's two goals that sticked m- in my mind, and I think it's Daniel Sturridge. The first one is obviously that un- like absolutely outrageous dink the
0: that derby. he does against
1: West Brom. Uh, oh, is it no. the Do-
0: okay. yeah, I was thinking no, of a different one Go for Brom.
1: it. You're thinking of the one where Tim Howard comes out yeah, and puts it what, in, just stands there, there and with, stand yeah. Up, yeah. No, the, it's like he's not even in the box and he dinks the goalkeeper against West Brom. I'm pretty sure it's West Brom. Someone else can correct me if it's not. Um, But it's, it's absolutely outrageous. But the other one, which I think highly goes under the radar, is the, the, the final against Sevilla. That goal he scores in that final is outrageous. Outside of his foot from where he is to bend it in. Oh, uh, it's that's an unbelievable goal, um, and I think even that goes under the radar because we lost, obviously, yeah. um, but yeah, like I was stuck between him and someone else, and I went with someone else, and I'm quite glad they did just because we've got more variety here. But um, my word, what a player he was.
0: Yeah, and um, before I get that someone else off, yeah, um, it, it's it's almost testament to how good he was. Obviously, we can talk about his numbers and you know his injuries, but. What I will say on the injury front before I go on actually is, you're right, Dave. Because at some point, somewhere, fans forget about injuries. Like we as Liverpool fans might always say, our oh, storage was unbelievable, but he was made of skips, as you so eloquently put it, which I've got a lot of time for. But um, yeah, some, somewhere on the line, someone will forget that and they'll just say, oh yeah, storage had a you know a good Liverpool career, but he was better than that. And I think obviously you mentioned two goals there, Chloe. Straight away, a different two goals sprung to mind for me. It was the Derby lob, and that goal against Chelsea as well—that absolute long-range stunner. So, yeah, what a player! Great shout, um, Chloe. That's someone else.
1: So I've gone with someone that I think um, you can probably guess by what I say. Yeah, but I think he's an um. I think he's an actually really, really good striker, but everyone takes the piss out of him, me included, because he's just. At times, it seems like he's away with the fairies. And fair enough, that sounds. Um, so, my striker is Divock Origi. I truly think there was a time that we thought we had one of the greatest strikers going. I remember, I think it's Funes Mori who literally breaks his ankle nearly yeah. um, in that game against Everton. At that time, he was lighting the Premier League on fire. He was brilliant. Um, you know, he was bullying people. He had the pace. He scores against Dortmund, I think, as well. Um, obviously when when we played Dortmund in that unbelievable five four game, um I think Davoca injuries you can include in there, because once again, you look at where he is now, he's out with injury. Um yeah. and I think also with the fact that look at our front three for the past however many years and you add your on top of that now, he's not really going to get a chance. But my word, Davocarie, big moments. He's a cult hero for Liverpool yeah. for sure but I don't think he gets the, the the recognition he deserves for actually being a decent footballer um. because he was an unbelievable... Like, we we thought we had a gem and I think we still do with what he's gave us. He's scored in the Champions League final and he scored some of the most ridiculous, outrageous goals. That finish against Barca is not easy at all. That is a ridiculous finish. Um, he obviously scores a 96-minute header against Everton, which is, wow, like, stunning. Um and he's he's at like I think he scores a dink against Everton as well which I think is one of the best goals I, I really think it's underrated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just you can tell by the way I'm speaking I have a smile on my face when I talk about Divacarigi. Um, and he may not have played as much as I wanted. Um, and like as much as we thought a couple of years ago, but my word, I think Divacarigi will always have a place in my heart and many many Liverpool fans' heart. Um, and I think everyone else kind of just takes the piss out of him.
0: Yeah, it's a really difficult one, Divock Origi, but You're spot on. I think I challenge any Liverpool fan not to smile whilst talking about the man, because, you know, you summed it up there. He, the biggest moments tend to be his moments. Um, and he's just got this knack of of being there when it matters and, and coming up with the goods. But it's almost to his detriment that, because because he does all those outrageous things, And then he'll start against Burnley, which is like my go-to average side. And he just won't produce. And it's just so frustrating, (laughs) which is why I'm really split on him. I love him to pieces. I'm not splitting him. I'm lying. But in terms of his sort of his Liverpool career and his football ability and all that sort of stuff, you know, he's just a frustrating figure. And he's been frustrating this month because we really needed him and he's been injured. So it just kind of sums up his, his time. Um, being a little bit unfortunate, but also being an absolute legend and scoring a whole manner of goals. Even that ridiculous scorpion-kick-looking thing against Preston in the League Cup this <laughs> season. Just, like, nobody else scores that goal. We've got Mohamed Salah, probably the best footballer in the world. He doesn't score what Diva just scored there. No. Because only a Rigi can do that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, Yeah, I think it's a great shout, I do, because... He's certainly a talking point. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, My first striker um, we'll come to. I'll tell you what, I'll get the older one out of the way first. Um, one for the football purists, I think this one, will be Yari Um Similar to a couple of my picks, actually. Um, probably came to Liverpool a little bit too late in his career, if anything, Lippmannen. But what a career and what a footballer he was! He was unbelievable. We didn't see anywhere near the best out of him, not even close. Um, But God, I just loved him to pieces. He was so good to watch. He was so cultured. Um, Yeah, we could. He could have been fantastic for us. But if anyone, you know, if you look back on his, he played for Barcelona. He played for Ajax hundreds of times. um, Played for Finland hundreds of times as well. So unbelievable footballer. Who, unfortunately, we never got to see the best of, um, which is why, in my opinion, he goes in underrated as a Liverpool player because it didn't really happen for him. Um, Dave, I think I'm with you now. Uh, your final choice, I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, my last player, and just before I reveal who it is, um, I will request that we, uh, once we've done it, we all read out our teams and maybe have a think about where they might finish. This watch out. They were all. Yeah. Where they, yeah. where they finish the Premier League. Obviously, not at the current time, because some of them are in their 40s and 50s, but you <laughs> know what I mean. Um, yeah. yeah, so my last striker is Christian Benteke, which I think is a quite controversial shout. Um, and it, he isn't someone... I've, a lot of players in here I've got a lot of affection for, and I, I wouldn't say I do for Benteke. This one's more of a sort of statistical thing and maybe a tactical okay. thing, but... Yeah. Um, so Benteke scored 10 goals for us um in, in that 15 16 season. Um and you would have wanted more, definitely for the price that we paid. I think it was like around 30 35 million we paid. Mm-hmm. And you know, that amount now is probably equivalent to about 50, um, because of the way the market's inflated since. But you have a look at it, he, he scored nine goals in the Prem and he actually only started 14 games, which is objectively really good. Um, and I remember people saying at the time that we weren't playing to his strengths, yeah. um, cause obviously with Benteke, like he's sort of the archetypal target man, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was brought in by Rogers. And I think the thing with a lot of the Rodgers area recruitment was that it was quite muddled in terms of, yeah. we were a lot of the time, I mean, we were picking up kind of good players. Players who've done well, you know, further down the Premier League. But I'm not really sure there was a vision of how all these pieces were going to fit together and kind of uh, a unifying kind of style um, within it all, like we've seen under Klopp. Um, And then it's difficult for Benteke because you know he comes in um, in that summer and and then by sort of October, you know, Klopp's come in and there's this sort of revolution coming and you kind of feel like he gets left behind pretty early on, but. But the time when he does play, um, you know, he, he he did come up with a decent amount of goals in the Premier League in kind of a short space of time, and you know, you wonder if in an alternate reality, if Rodgers does, you know, have the the structure around to to play to his strengths, and um, and we almost become a team that that do have that kind of target man, you know. What he could have what he could have achieved but obviously that isn't a particularly kind of desirable version of events but i think the main point is that yeah it was it was difficult circumstances for him and he did come up with a, a decent uh goal scoring haul in the premier league that season um and has been obviously it's you know he's had spells at palace where he's, he's gone ages without scoring but broadly speaking he's been a solid premier league striker and like i say it wasn't it was difficult for me in the striker position. Um so again, like Sturridge, not maybe a shout I'm adamant about, but I do think maybe slightly underrated purely on that kind of statistical basis.
0: Yeah, I, I have no qualms with that actually. Um I was a Bente fan when we signed him, um and I was I was made up that we did. Um, I think part of the reason we signed him was simply to stop him bullying us every time we played Aston Villa. Um, because he had a habit of doing that and scoring at the same time. And um, before I like, let you come in on it, Chloe, just that overhead kick he scored against Man United. Um, wow, he's deserving of a place in, in that in this side at least because of that. Um,
2: I I still resent Martin Tyler for the way he yes, reacted to that yeah, goal. Yeah, I didn't want to mention and, it
0: because I didn't want to get angry. But yeah, yeah,
2: and then the way he reacted to the Anthony Marshall goal yeah. to make it three-one and seal the game, the complete. Complete Classical. opposite of it. Um he's not
0: biased, so yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> ever since then I've had an agenda against uh against Martin Tyler and it's still going strong.
0: Yeah, you're dead right. Uh Chloe, I'll let you have your say on Christian.
1: You know what, what's strangers? I actually I was debating Christian Ben and the only reason I was saying it was because I actually think he was a good player, but we did not play to his strengths, and therefore, mm. you know, he was kind of a scapegoat because we paid a decent price for him. We expected so much and then, you know, he didn't deliver for us, but we literally didn't play to his strengths. <laughs> he didn't put a ball in the box or anything for him to go and attack. It wasn't our style of football. So, in coming into the club, everyone should have kind of had an idea. We're either going to have to change our entire system or he's just not going to be any good for us. Um, A bit similar to Andy Carroll, in a way, for me, because I thought, Andy Carroll, we kind of didn't play the way, you know, to fit him either. Um, but I did I did think about Christian Benteke, but then I also thought about how he's played at Crystal Palace, which I think is more of a style of football, and I still don't think he's been good enough. That was my only reason why he wasn't pushing um, Devoca Um, But to be fair to him, we didn't play the way that... Um, we didn't play his style of football, so it was probably right that he's he's being overlooked and maybe a bit um more like had off with how yeah. he's played. Um, but he's not he's not doing a perfect deal for himself over there at Crystal Palace. That's what I will say. At times he's sound and at times he misses open goals and you're just thinking to yourself, Oh dear.
0: Yeah, definitely oh dear. But like I say, I think when he was at Villa, he was a real handful. So you can certainly see why we signed him. Um Muddled thinking is a very apt way of putting the recruitment under Rogers, certainly towards the end. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we did play to Benteke's strengths. Um, and I don't think we played to, I don't really want to say it, Ricky Lambert's strengths, even when we signed him. Why we signed him, I'm not quite sure. But if you do sign someone like that, you almost have to, you know, play to a way that suits them, whilst they're on the pitch at least. But we never did. Um, I'm right in thinking you you guys are done team-wise, I hope. If not, please stop me. Um but my final position is my target man striker to play alongside Yari Litmanen big man little man combination. Littmanen just arriving late, you know, um, and it nearly was Andy Carroll. I'm glad it wasn't now because obviously we've just briefly spoke about him. I think he was kind of a victim of his own price tag, to be honest. And uh, when we signed him, he was like hot property at Newcastle. I think he was top gold scorer in the league at the time, but obviously. We never played to his style either. Um, injuries didn't help him, etc. But my actual pick um, to play target man in my underrated Liverpool side is Peter Crouch. Um, where'd you start? Um, you know, we all love him for what he is now, Peter Crouch. But And we all kind of talked to him straight away, even as Liverpool fans. I think it took him 17 games to score his first goal. Um, for the club and even then it was probably the worst goal you'll ever see from a striker because he has this shot for about 30 yards it hits a Wigan defender and balloons about 40 foot in the air before the keeper makes a mess of it and palms it in off of his own crossbar and somehow the dubious goal panel decided that is a Peter Crouch goal and he went on from there Um, but yeah I he had a an interesting time at Liverpool. Let's say, um, and actually I actually think he came up with some wonderful moments for us talking about sort of overhead outrageous kicks. He had a few of them, um, but it probably truly never happened for him um, at Anfield, which was a shame. Because you know we know what he's about, isn't he? Six foot eight. You don't. You, he's got a certain style. He's got a certain way of playing, um, and it suited us at times. But overall. I think we probably were left a little bit underwhelmed with what we managed to get out of Peter Crouch. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much brings us to the conclusion of our um, selection of teams anyway. Um, but as Dave rightly says, I just want to mention some honourable names as well. If you guys want to chime in with some while I'm at it. Um, I've got Iago Aspas down here. Um, Asaidi was another shout we had in the group. Um, not sure he was particularly underrated. I think he was genuinely terrible. Um, Florence Cinema Pungole was a, uh, a an old school name that comes to mind, and Bruno Rue, who was another one who arrived. I think the next sedan was his billing, and it never quite <laughs> happened. So yeah, if anyone wants to add to them, please feel free.
2: No, I don't have any in mind. I just think Dan has maybe confused honorable mentions for. I mean, he's just named. Like two or three bad footballers. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I, just, I just love
0: naming random Liverpool players who people forget about. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, the thing with that Aspas is, so, sorry, the
2: thing with that Aspas is, well, obviously the corner, but <laughs> there was a couple of players like this, and Luis Alberto was another one, like, when they were at Liverpool, they didn't make any real positive impact. But then no. you look at the careers they've enjoyed after Liverpool, yes. and you think, yeah. well, what kind of went wrong? Were they just not yeah. cut out for the Prem or something? Yeah. So, I did kind of think about that, but I just thought, yeah, in terms of how it actually did for Liverpool, um, didn't really, you know, went yeah. up to it.
0: I didn't quite go as far as Paul Koncheski or Antonio Nunes, <laughs> who came as part of the Michael Owen deal. I stopped myself with those two. Um, Chloe, you got any for us?
1: I went with Milan Baros, and <sighs> I actually really liked him. Uh, Craig Bellamy, I don't know how we've missed him in this. Well, um, yeah, also, controversial. Yeah, but I mean, come on, he scored at Barcelona's ground. come on. <laughs> Um, Adam Lalana I put up there because I think he's yeah. still underrated uh, i put Mimosa Seiko and Loved I him. also put Oxlade Chamberlain which I think everyone like might set the world on fire saying his name there No I um, like them I
0: like them a lot um, I know you've named Barosh because he was number five yeah. by the way I'm not I'm not that Yeah
1: obviously come on
0: <laughs> A striker that wears number five I think that's worthy of mention in every single podcast we do from now on um, I might yeah, do it days. Uh, so, Dave, you wanted to read out some teams and tell us where they finished. So you go first, please.
2: All right. So my underrated Liverpool eleven is Danny Ward in goal, back three of and O'Toole, Ayoze and Mamadou Sakho, um, Derek Couzens and Albert Riera as wing backs, <laughs> Jordan Henderson, Joe Allen and Wijnaldum as a midfield three, and then Sturridge and Benteke up front. Um, in terms of where this team would finish, uh, I think there'd be no fans left at the end of the season because <laughs> they'd all be in hospital with, with a cardiac arrest after looking yes, at that back three. But um yeah, mid I think it's a potentially solid midfield there. Um, industrious wing backs and two strikers who, you know, I mean, I'm not sure it Count's that much of a crosser at the ball, so whether he's gonna be able to put them on Ben Tekke's head, I'm not sure. But two strikers who um were Very effective Premier League strikers at their best, so I reckon we could sneak into the Europa Conference League. I, I think,
0: okay, that is a calamitous back three, I've got to say. That <laughs> really is, it doesn't
2: read well together, but individually, <laughs> I, I like them.
0: <laughs> Dear god, um, Chloe, I give you the same opportunity, please. Your full team, and where are they finishing?
1: Uh, I've got. Danny Ward in goal. Uh, Steve Finnan at right back. Me two centre halves are Clavan and Aga. Left back Fabio Aurelio. Uh, me three centre mids: Wijnaldum, Yossi Ben Ayum, Lucas uh Left mid Maxi Rodriguez. Right mid the Hout. And my striker is a And I truly think I'm going to say top four. I reckon I could push them into top four if I'm managing them. You know, I can just I can just give them all number five and give them you know. All my love and support and tonight for the best.
2: You, yeah, you'd need Clapp in charge of that team, I think, to get it. Into, into <laughs> you need a bit of medical work, and I think from God.
1: No, I, I reckon I could do it. Can I, we got, be number
0: I've one just
1: for the sake of
0: it? I've got more faith in that one than I have what we've just heard from that other back. Well, the,
2: the thing yeah. is, the thing is, Chloe. To be fair to you, you did. Pick your midfield with sort of balance in mind and having players play different roles. So maybe it would work better than, than Couch playing crosses on into Pentecost.
1: I also have Mo Salah on the bench if that is any ah. like oh, well. I have There
0: you go. <laughs> after one minute, someone gets a miraculous injury and Salah's on. Um yeah, yeah my eleven um was Brad Friedel, Alvaro Albaloa, Joe Gomez, Martin Skirtle, Fabio Aurelio. Dirk Kite, Genie Wine Javier Mascherano, Ryan Babel, and then Big Man, Little Man, Andy Carroll, Yari Littmanen up front. And um, if you, you can't tell me that's not winning the Premier League, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the sixth sixth place I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but there speaks someone who never seen Yari Littmanen. <sighs> Well, let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Well, you are right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, open to admit, and I'm, I'm older than you guys. I think he's 50 now, Yari Lipton, which is fucking terrifying, quite frankly. Um, he's
1: not great on FIFA. I'll give you that. I was he's literally going to say. Brilliant.
2: He's the only icon I could afford on, on my ultimate team. <laughs> 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 probably doesn't say much.
0: <laughs> that is blasphemy from FIFA. That is, honest <laughs> to god. Like he was. Oh. He's probably. got
1: no pace. He's 50. <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: but in the game, he's got it. His card's like... not 50, I'm pretty to
1: be
0: fair. No. Right, OK. You know what, pace wasn't his forte, I, I must admit. He was, Um, like I said earlier, was cultured, you know, a technician, let's say. Um, Was never rapid, like, in fairness to him, but yeah. Uh, anyway, that'll be all we got time for. But I really hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed it. Um, Feel free to, like I say, hate us, um, berate us, and possibly praise us I can't see it with some of those teams um I'll give you two guys the opportunity to say any final words before we leave Chloe Dave anyone
1: um I think if you're hating on my squad right yeah uh, I'm I, like these are people I adore so um yeah, yeah. I mean, adore
0: and chase sorry yeah. yeah carry on
1: adore and chase yeah, exactly <laughs> um so I mean it's whether it's underrated or not. Like I, I just went for people I adore. Um, so I, I genuinely think we could do well in the Premier League.
0: Good and Dave. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too.
2: Um, I think I'm just intrigued to see. I'm gonna post like a graphic of my eleven on Twitter. I won't, I won't post um your 11s I'll leave that um in kind of suspense uh, to get people to click on it. Still, but uh, yeah, I just want to see. How many followers I lose when I've got cows at wingback? I reckon it'll be you know a good, yeah, probably double figure followers. i hope hoping Twitter deletes
0: your account to be honest, well for
2: credibility for that. But <laughs> people have got
0: There to might not be to a to podcast next now. week, guys. Yeah, if we see Dave <laughs> being removed off Twitter, later, we'll know why. Oh God! Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, yeah, enjoy the rest of the international break um if you possibly can, um and we'll be back after Cardiff. But yeah, take care, all, and see you soon.